Hey everyone, and welcome to another Martial Arts Journey podcast. We are still a bit in the past in terms of me chronologically introducing to you the talks I already had some months ago, but we are catching up to the present. And I wanted to let you know that as soon as we'll reach that present state, I'll start to bring you fresh and new podcasts straight away as soon as I'll interview some great people and you're going to get them right on to listen to it. Uh, I also wanted to share the vision of this podcast very quickly that uh, sometimes we have that desire to reinvent the bicycle. I guess what I kind of went through with wanting to make Aikido functional and I realized through this journey that that's not the way to go. There are people who devoted years and years upon the questions which matter to us. There are systems which were refined and developed in, uh, in really uh, amazing depth. And sometimes we do, I guess we oftentimes we want to be the center of something. We want to be the person to invent something. But until we reach the point of learning and listening and developing something as far in the same subject as someone else did, we should not, you know, get ahead of ourselves and, and try to see ourselves as the ones who will find the answer. Rather, my suggestion, my approach is to ask a question and then to ask yourself, what's the best person out there in the whole world to answer that? And that's what I'm slowly moving up to as I uh, keep on reaching, being able to reach better and better people to, f to ask those questions and to receive the best answers out there. And I hope that I can provide you with those answers um, further on. So uh, in terms of this episode, we have Dan the Wolfman. He's, uh, I think he's quite famous, quite well known in the martial arts world. I first of all saw him myself on YouTube uh, because he published a few videos of how Aikido works, uh, this white guy makes uh, Aikido work in BGJ. I think that's one of the videos that went quite viral. Uh, he also applied Aikido in some MMA matches. So so everyone was hyped. Everyone was like, whoa, okay, he, he can do it. And um, a lot of people suggested me. They said, you have to connect with Dan the Wolfman. And I hesitated for a bit. I'm, I'm not sure why, but I, I just took my time. And I guess I had a lot on my mind already. But eventually, he actually wrote me a message. And I realized, whoa, that's a sign. That's a chance for me to ask him. And, and we decided to do this interview where I, I, I talked with him. And it was great. It was really great. He was very open, very open-minded, very humble. And, and he offered a lot of great advice, which you will hear, and insights, which you will hear just in a few moments. And uh, yeah, so I think Dan uh, really uh, will offer you a lot of insights. And uh, I hope that you'll find the answer that you're looking for. And then I'll see you in the next episode after you watch, after you hear, listen to this one. And when, anyway, I won't waste your time anymore. <laughs> see you then uh, and enjoy the podcast. Yeah, let me start by saying thank you so much uh, for, for, for being here, being open for the connection, uh, being open to, to connect up. Uh, so, and have the pleasure of talking with Dan the Wolfman or Daniel, as in the, the name <laughs> from birth. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, just uh, there's so many things I want to ask you about, but maybe I could just start by asking a bit about your background so that in case somebody didn't know you uh, could get a hang of what yeah, you're about. Yeah, sure. Um, guys, thanks for having me. Um, I'm happy to all the listeners for kind of joining in on this, uh, trying to make things happen and evolve a little bit or maybe go back to the original, depending on how you look at it. 
Um, my background's very, very varied, and maybe that's why I'm good, um, someone to kind of talk to and get perspective from, uh, because I've been doing martial arts since 1986. I started in Taekwondo after uh, seeing the movie The Karate Kid, hmm. uh, and defending myself the next day with wax on, wax off when the kid... <laughs> That elementary school kicked at my growing on a story. Um, did that a couple times and he ran away to make the story story, but it's a pretty funny story. And um, so I started in Taekwondo. I was Taekwondo kid, um, wore the first black belt in the school by like 15, 16. I was already teaching at like 14, 15. But um, I was always thinking about self-defense and keeping Taekwondo real. I mean, Taekwondo, like Aikido, has kind of the same stuff, right? So I was already trying to keep it real when I taught and, like, have students do things like knees and elbows and spinning back fist on the heavy bag at the end of the night and when, when the, you know, the instructor wasn't around and stuff like that. So um, started in Taekwondo and was very always reading everything on martial arts and cross-training as much as I could. You know, this is kind of pre-UFC. This is this is pre-MMA in America. So um, I was already, like, reading Jeet Kune Do books, Tao Jeet Kune Do, and, like, going to, like, uh, Hapkido places. I had some Hapkido training, by the way, so I knew some basic wrist locks uh, from my instructor. And um, kind of just started cross-training as much as I could in the day. And, um, let's see, where do we go from there? At 16, I did defend myself from uh, a real live two-on-one stick attack. A couple felons uh, that had committed seven counts of sexual assault against my girlfriend and a friend. So because I was eyeballing them pretty hard in school, the last day of high school, they set me up, got me to a location as I was following another car somewhere. Hey, where are we? And boom, there's the guys, um, and one was hiding in a van. And eventually, after a while, long story, but com committed felony attack, hit me in the back of the head with a stick. I did a spinning back fist because it was the last move I did the night before when teaching Taekwondo and the heavy bag like I had talked about. Um, I think that is an important uh, concept to kind of remember. It's the thing that, you know, I spun and I hit the guy, and anyway, I lead that sidekick, um, saved my life without going fully into the story as I was getting held from behind and one was hitting me in the head. These are two football players, athletic, strong guys. That's what you have to be prepared for. Um, I was able to uh, defend myself pretty much just with Taekwondo skills and some street scrappiness, if you will. Um, we did end up on the ground at one point because I had to kind of like back jump myself to land on the guy behind me and throw an elbow and, and get back up. And it was pretty scrambly and, and craziness. Um, anyway, um, so I had some real experiences. At 18, I started bouncing uh, at university at a uh, at an arcade. So that mm. was cool. Like an arcade that would be open at like 4 a.m. or something. So like even mm. all that, you have to deal with the, the drunks after 2 a.m. still coming into the arcade, but yet it's an arcade. So it's like a pretty interesting place to first start bouncing. And I've been bouncing off and on and we're doing security work. Um, since then and at like 17 18 is when I was already like going to like cook Suwan type places or um, different different Korean martial art places to spar my friend ran a Chengdu Kwan something like that I forget how you say it um, school he was a really tall guy actually a guy I used to do like D&D &D with role-playing games with Marco um, but like I was going around sparring all these different people um, went to like a pretty well-known kickboxing school in Sparta, like 17, 17, I think. I feel like the first time pretty heavy with headgear on and like 
finding out that someone was boxing me up. You know, I like to be on the outside and kick, but when I got a little closer, I was getting boxed up pretty bad. Um, and I took judo uh, in college. It's going to be a long story. I don't know how much <laughs> <laughs> At 18, I did some judo, and then I did an Aikido one-credit class. Uh, got my brown belt in Aikido. No, I cannot remember what style he was teaching. Um, it was actually a Korean man that taught Taekwondo, Judo, and Aikido, and is still there mm -hmm. as the head overseeing of the martial arts program at Michigan State University. Uh, his last name is Ken, like a lot of Koreans. Like my original Taekwondo master is also Ken. Um, so yeah, I was starting like college um, – I was starting like college uh, clubs. I was running like a self-defense club and an early MMA pancreation club, like getting away with it. And I was like finding all these different people to spar with, including like you know, early MMA guys and jujitsu guys and, and train with the wrestling team in the summertime would allow me to train with them. And like I was going all over the state because things weren't really with it that spread that well. Actually, I saw the first UFC with my buddies on the weekend um, and when it ended, I'm like, I'm going to do that someday. And they all laughed at me. And that pretty much oh, was my life because I dedicated my life to it since then. And we all jumped on each other and started like Indian burning, trying to mimic submission holds and stuff. <laughs> yeah. and that was fun. We used to have like Friday beat downs and try to figure things out a bit in a playful way. Um, but uh, after just a couple months of judo experience, you, you quickly start being the king of the mat. Mm. So, um, you know, just, just a lot of background. And then things expanded uh, from there quite immensely. Um, if you have any questions, shoot them in, and then I'll go into a little bit more later sure. in the background and jiu-jitsu background if you want. Okay. Um, then, guys, I eventually found that big wrestler. I said, I, that big wrestler, I'm going to find him. He's from Michigan. I don't know what water Michigan is. And I did. On my 20th birthday, I was having a party, and I thought my friends were pranking me. They said, Dan, the B Severin's on the phone. and um, they weren't. It was actually Dan the B. Severin inviting me to come train in his uh, barn. It was two hours away, but I went and started training with Dan Severin. I'd already left university to go to a community college on the other side of the state just because it was the first JJ Blue Belt in the whole state. So I was a pretty crazy kid. My priorities were, I don't know. Um, anyway, I was doing jujitsu already and started training with Dan Severin. That was my first famous instructor. And since then, I've gone from Dan Severn to Miltich Fighting Systems when I was the top team in the world with a room full of like 47, 48 pro fighter killers where we banged harder than anyone in the world other than shootbox at the time. I was sparring Tim Sylvia. I was 202 pounds. I'm, I'm shy of 5'11", uh, but I was sparring heavyweight champ of the world, Tim Sylvia at the time, 6'8", 300 pounds. Grappling partner was Matt Hughes and a whole bunch of other killers that fought in the IFL and Mike C. and Sam Hoger, uh, just uh, uh, Ben Rothwell and all these killers. So then after that, I was also, um, I trained with Saul Ribeiro for a year, very famous jiu-jitsu world champion. I um, then moved to California and I was training with Eddie Bravo for two and a half years. Got kind of sucked into that 10th planet cult. And then, um, parted ways. And in the meantime, I was also rolling gi jujitsu here and there and traveling to different schools, at least a few times a year to make sure I wasn't getting tapped out just because I had gi on. Um, black belts could, but brown belts couldn't at that time. I think I was a, kind of a blue, high level blue belt, brand new purple belt at that time. 
Mm. And then um, in, I was also training off and on with Gokar Shevichian and Gene LaBelle. I totally skipped over my first time in California. I was training with Tito Ortiz and Rampage Jackson. After that, I was Tank Abbott's sparring partner. was the big original brawler, kind of like, uh, you know, before Kimbo Slice was. Uh, may he rest in peace. Nice guy, by the way. And then, um, so I've been all over. I've been there, done that. I, I've always sparred. I've probably sparred six to 700 pro fighters. People don't like saying, me saying that, like I'm name dropping, I'm bragging, all this stuff. But like, no, I'm telling my honest experience. I've literally done it for 20 years until I stopped sparring high level pros a few months ago as I'm almost 41. Right. So, and I've had real world experiences. I came to someone's rescue when my editor in chief of a magazine got sucker punched, wrapped that guy up in a rear naked choke, used him body armor like a video game, and then fought these 10 guys at once trying to stop me when I was down. Um, so I've had a lot of real world experiences, a little BJJ open guard, kick the knees, get up to base and Jackie Chan combined with BJJ saved my life again. And then um, all the bouncing interactions and in bouncing interactions, de-escalate, 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 talk your way out, walk on side of the guy, protect yourself, a whole lot of kodagaishi. When you put a guy up on his toes, he becomes very compliant all of a sudden. Like, oh, <laughs> psychologically, he knows that, oh, this guy knows more stuff than I know. And the big mammal ego man doesn't <laughs> want to fight suddenly. So, you know, that's why I can pull off kodagaishi and, and Nikio in real alive settings, even though I'm not some high-ranked Don uh, mm. and I, I Akidoka is because I have a lot of real experience uh, doing it. And so we can get more into that. And anyway, guys, that's my background. A lot of real world experience. I have uh, been, I lived in Egypt and Malaysia and Thailand and Japan, Japan multiple times, nine times. I commentated five, the first five live pancreas events on UFC fight pass, trained in Japan, taught in Japan. Um, I have four black belts. So I'll just finish up with this. I got a black belt in Taekwondo, and then I got a black belt in Daido Juko, which is a very good style. Uh, Kyokushin Karate, all MMA offshoot. They were doing like MMA with a Gion back in 1986. So before 1993, Pancrase and UFC. Um, with headbutts and throws and going to the ground for 30 seconds, kind of more street style. Right. Uh, two world championships of that style. And last year, I got my black belt from Judo Jean LaBelle and Gokar Shevichian in highest end grappling style, which is a mixture of Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, catch wrestling, and Sambo. And then after that, I also got my BJJ black belt. And I have the brown belt in the keto. And I've kind of really gone to the keto world like three different times in my life. Hmm. So, uh, guys, sorry that was long, but my background was long. I've been training 31 years. I'm an old guy. You know, it sounds like that's not everything. You're just still still making it short. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I've dabbled in Kali and Wing Chun and Savai right, right. and stuff as well. So right. I'm very well-rounded. In right. Well, there's, there's two questions that that are, that are I want to bounce from. And um, so, and maybe you, you, you were more inspired to talk about one or the other. But so one of the questions for me, since you have clearly like a huge load experience and also you have this street experience. But one question for me related to the Aikido quest that I'm, 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 I'm going through myself now is how different are martial arts versus self-defense? How, how much martial arts practice is about self-defense and how much is about sports or tradition? 
and that would lead me naturally to the whole Aikido question. So I don't know. Do do you feel like we can go uh, to yeah. this question? Yeah, sure. We can we can go into that. Um, if you're speaking strictly uh, Aikido, it's going to be hard to functionalize it, but there are some things that you can do. Mm. Um, I think what what people that listen to your podcast need to realize is that from my understanding, now I'm not the foremost historian, but from stuff I've read, either people had a pretty hard Aki Jiu Jitsu background when they originally trained some of the original guys and there's stories of them training long hours. There's stories of them writing about their black eyes and bloody noses. Right. So I think one needs to realize that that's, what the training used to be like before flower power kind of took over. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or guys often had both a black belt in judo and a black belt in some karate style, usually Shotokan, I believe. Right. Mm. So they already had a live grappling training and a live striking training before adding in the Aikido bonus of how to deal with, which helps you a lot, obviously with drunks, with crazy people. If you work in a hospital, if you're an orderly, if you're a police officer, if you're a security guard, and that's something that still does pretty well. It should be trained more alive, more functionalized a little bit with a little more pressure. But, you know, these techniques are still something, obviously my, um, you know, live, real live Steven Seagal videos or white boy does Aikido versus Japanese fighters videos. Right. I've done yeah. Like people go, whoa, hey, there's some wrist locks that are actually working. Now we right. MMA sparring, but we're live grappling. And that, that's gotten some notice and, and you should be able to do that stuff. But the point is like even for Jiu-Jitsu people, BJJ people, hmm. um, they should learn at least Nikyo and, and Kodagaishi at the very least. These are very, very helpful locks that you can find yourself in a lot. And in high school, at 15, I was on the bus and a girl, a guy had grabbed a girl's hair and I go up to him, Hey man, let go. Hey man, let go. And I kind of did Kodagaishi off of her hair. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get people up on that one toe, like I said, suddenly no. we can very compliant. It's easy to do like you should. I mean, I, I could have punched this face in. I could still punch someone's face in. Um, but a few months ago I did the same thing. A guy, I, I was actually scanning this bar. I don't go to bars, but I was, I knew I was, I was getting, going to talk to a manager and getting hired to start working at that bar the next night. So I kind of came in there and was watching it. I got a little off track, sorry. Right. And anyway, a guy came up to me, Hey man, uh, and he grabbed me like, grabbed me like hard. And I have to instantly assess if this guy is, I mean, with forward pressure, like, is, is this guy gone out of his mind on, on alcohol and drugs or yeah. is he a real threat? And instantly, like, I grab him and I kind of put him up, up a, a little bit on one foot. And I'm like, you know, I want to, I mean, system-wise, I would hit him in the stomach and came up with an elbow and destroyed the guy. But I had to assess if he was a real threat or not. He wasn't. He was so good far gone is his, his buddies came to me later hey man, dude we're sorry no we're not a threat we're sorry man like uh, he thought you were one of our other friends like okay but i mean it is instances like that that um the rest of the martial art world should go hey maybe i should learn some of this aikido right. type stuff or old japanese jujitsu type stuff or aki jujitsu mm. or drives whatever you want to call it some of these techniques are very valuable so mm. uh 
How, uh, any specific questions on, yeah. on what you're looking to do? Or? Sure. It, well, just, just to bounce from what you said, this, this sounds very cool because Aikido does have that promise of de-escalation or it does claim itself to be the art of non-escalating conflict. And sometimes I have questions about that too. Like if you throw somebody to the ground, that's not very non-violent. But, but looking at the examples you gave, you know, a punch to the head, that may escalate things more than, as you said, getting somebody from a kurigashi to, to on the tiptoes. Uh, so it does sound like Akiro can deliver that, but still, I think probably we resonate on the level that the way Akiro, and you kind of mentioned that, that the way Akiro is trained right now doesn't necessarily bring every, everyone to that place of, of, of ability. So, so maybe you can tell a few words about that. What, how do you perceive Yeah, that? there's a good point is that even technically, if someone was good at doing those very same things, it doesn't mean they would have the confidence to pull it off like me. Right. Or right, exactly. a guy like Lenny Sly bouncing or, or right. Roy Dean because he's got his BJJ black belt to back it up. Right. So yeah. Psychologically, not even physically, just psychologically having the confidence to pull off something like that. Because if it goes bad and he swings with his other hand, I know I can actually really fight in a live way. So you have a backup plan, right? Sure, exactly. Right, a backup right. gun to my trying to de-escalate. Right. And that's, um, that's a very important thing to uh, understand. But obviously, yes, you, I'm not a violent guy. And I think even I talked to him once, uh, Kobos, who you had, uh, his very long name, the Mexican guy who lives in Texas. Right, Francisco. Yeah, he seems like a very kind of balanced. Like I'm a online. I don't. I come off more like Lenny Sly online, a little more aggro. I defend myself. I don't like putting up with BS in person. Yeah. I'm kind of in between. Um, I kind of see like you and Roy Dean, like kind of here on the spectrum, and mm -hmm. me and Kobo seem to be at least from our outward personalities. I don't know about right. you. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. me and Kobos are kind of here, and then you got Lenny Sly who's right. <laughs> Flakes. And I'm like, dude, I like my cord flakes. Why are you messing with my cord flakes? <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, you can still be a pretty balanced, uh, nice guy and, and pretty peaceful while being prepared for war. I mean, in Kali, you're doing something like this, JKD, Wing Chun, you're doing something like this. I offer you peace or I offer you a fist. Which do you want to choose? Hmm. You know, there's, there's, you, you have to be able to do both. Right. Um, obviously, morally, you should be offering the peace and trying to de-escalate instead right. of like a lot of bouncers trying to use it as an opportunity to beat the crap out of somebody. Right. Yeah, I've never done that. I'm I'm the professional, uh, you know, cool cooler, if you will. <laughs> sure. Which is yeah, that's which which is actually kind of the ideal of Aikido. So so you seem to be the 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 great guy to to look at this question and to, 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 tell, to let others know how, how that experience goes. Because you, kind of what you pointed out without even specifically saying that, that that's the trouble that I went through with Aikido and I still do. I mean, I'm just on the path of, of starting to realize what efficient uh, defense is. But practicing Aikido for years and years and really devotedly, I was like really training like hell. Every time I would be faced with conflict, uh, there was an escalation of, of conflict. I felt always not sure about what will I do. There was such a big gap between my Aikido and those street situations where, as you said, you would have a backup plan. You know you could handle them uh, if that came to be. 
and then you can use Aikido. For me, it was like, crap, how do I make sure I use this tiny bit of limited practice that I have? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that, that issue is, I definitely experienced it. So, so I'm curious to ask you, if, if you, when you look at Aikido, uh, what, what do you, do you perceive that there's some flaws in it or do you think it's fine the way it's trained or if, if there are flaws, how would you consider that they should be addressed uh, or, or fixed? Before we get into the flaws, uh, I want to make the comment that um, a lot of things do have to do with uh, psychology. Right. And right away, if an aggressive guy gets in your face and even gives you a hard shove, I think what you found was, oh, my God, and you kind of withdraw back. And that's because you're used to the peace and harmony, right. the flowing flower pot lid that you try <laughs> to be in a keto to fit the pot. Right. And that is high-level stuff. Mm. Uh, when you can actually do it when someone is coming with aggressive pressure. But if you're not used to that aggressive pressure, if right. someone's giving you stuff, then um, you'll, you'll freeze up, you'll get defensive, you'll get scared, you'll get tight, and suddenly there's no flow, there's no Aki right. anymore because you're tight. So right. <laughs> you can't actually apply it then just from a psychological and physiological standpoint because someone gave you a shove. If you're not used to that, you freeze up. Sure. And obviously, if you only train at this pressure level, so the, the, the thing is, you don't necessarily have to go to the MMA level. If you want to be the best at fighting, right. you do. But if you just want to be good enough to handle an everyday untrained attacker, you don't necessarily have to go there, but you definitely have to go above here. Right. So there is varying levels of degrees in between that. Right. And um, I think that's what you're trying to find is how do I keep what is Aikido and just modify or change or pressure test a little bit. Not that we have to totally always have black eyes and bloody noses, but let's not be scared of occasionally maybe getting tagged. Let's not do nothing against an actual punch. And let's also – Please don't fall into even the people doing more live stuff, one of which I mentioned earlier, a lot of the videos, the guys doing the step lunge punch. <laughs> I don't see a lot of step lunge punches. And when you see Aikido, see La Kali, Krav Maga, demonstrations, all this kind of stuff, often yeah. you see that, and that's not a realistic attack. So you know right. what? Like, like we're both in South Paul leads, and yeah. then a guy steps and lunges, or he just feeds this, and that's, that's all – Malarkey. Um, So, yes, I see a lot of things with, as a total martial art, Aikido is not that. I don't know if it will ever be that, but we can bring it to a certain level that people might at least have a better chance of protecting themselves versus be disillusioned and if a street attack actually happens. And I'm just talking one-on-one, you know, aggressive person that's used to violence versus someone that's doing peace and flowy harmony. Mm. they should at least be able to protect themselves. Hopefully win, like win, but at least defend themselves and not get too injured. Right. That seems like such a minimal, minimal goal, but even that Aikido does not give you right now. And that needs to be brought up to at least that level. And if we can bring it up a little bit higher would be my goal, then even better. Right. So would you say that pressure testing is one of those missing key components or would you point something at something else in terms of bringing that uh, gap, uh, kind of fixing that gap? 
Yeah, there's in-betweens. Um, I mean, ideally, your high-level people would be really sparring. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see what it looks like in that one-year mm. uh, Uchideshi police program. I think, is, is, it, is it Tomiki Aikido still does? In, in Tokyo? Tomiki is the competition one. Uh, oftentimes, Yoshinkan is the police. Yoshin. Yeah. So there, there's still that the Hambo Dojo. Um, it was kind of far from me in Tokyo, so mm. I never went. Right. But I'm still curious to see kind of what they look like in the stories that I've read mm. about there. Like they, they're still probably going pretty hard, and there is talks of bloody noses and black eyes when you mm. when you do their one year, like during the daytime, train all day, right. um, slash uchideshi, like live-in type program. Mm. Um, you know, eventually your top students should be able to train a little bit like that. But do I have? Do I think that everyone in the keto world's ready for that? No, sure. I don't. And, and older people don't necessarily have to do that, but you can add, add without full pressure testing, you can add pressure and you can add a little bit of aliveness to get there. Right. So I've got a few ideas on, on yeah. how to do that. Um, two of them I'll mention quick, and I'd like to, to go back into this after if we can. Sure. I think, yeah. I think in your, whatever your organization or style or whatever you want to call it, whatever you're trying to do, I think you should maybe think about taking on technical directors and let's come back to that later. Okay. I think, I think senseis and yourself should get a certain level of background in um, to, to be a teacher in the style. I think someone should get a blue belt at least in BJJ or a black belt right. in judo and also have some striking experience. I think Shotokan, I like Kyoko Shin, but, but I think Shotokan probably blends uh, best. Um, with uh, Aikido, I think you should have some background. Now, as far as what I think classes should be like, yeah. uh, even in Japan, the classes were one hour. And when you do stretching and warm up and you mm. do all the bowing and kneeling down, you're not getting a lot of repetitions even on, you know, the five or six techniques you do. Mm. Um, how long are your classes when you teach? About an hour and a half, sometimes hour 45, includes warm-ups, rolls, and depends on the, the, okay. the theme of the class, but it's longer than one hour. Yeah. I, think that's, I think that's what's needed, um, is at least hour and a half, maybe hour 45-minute classes, mm -hmm. because I think we need to add in some of that pressure stuff. And here is mm -hmm. some of the things that I think every class should have in whatever a new organization or even people that aren't in an official organization, but they watch your videos and they're like, I want to functionalize things a little bit. Sure. I, I don't think I'm going to be winning a UFC championship any day, but I want to functionalize a little bit that I don't feel so threatened and go, Oh my God, what do I do when an aggressive guy gives you a shove and swears it? Um, but I think here's some three recommendations on how to do that. I think every class, one of the techniques you show and drill needs to be a strike counter, a realistic strike counter, be that a punch, a kick. I even do a very Aikido like rising sun defense against an elbow. It has to be something fairly realistic. And I say fairly because it's still hard to pull off, but a fairly realistic counter uh, to a real strike, a jab across a hook an overhand, a front kick, maybe a low round kick to the leg. Um, Think maybe a, a grab and punch, like a grab a shirt and they go to punch your face. That's also um, good. Um, I think you need to practice at least one of those each class. Right. 
And now let's drill that for five, six, seven minutes. And then maybe the last three, four, five minutes, like the video I did the other day, which you saw, building up pressure and, and obviously lower rank, uh, newer students aren't going to do it with as much aliveness as the higher rank. That's how it should go. Mm-hmm. But jab, cross, hook, overhand. Just those four basic punches because that's the most likely similar type thing you're going to see. Okay. Then you should build up going through the one you drilled, but also doing other ones, parrying deflections, um, you know, covering, hooking, trying to do an arimi nagi, all this kind of stuff. That's still hard, but at least, at the very least, if you do that for a few minutes after uh, you're getting used to um, visual line familiarization, your brain mapping, which angles come in, you're getting used to actually seeing a punch throw in which no one in keto does right now, other than maybe like a uh, to the stomach. Right, right, right. With a lunge punch <laughs> with a stance ten feet long and from mm. thirty feet across the room. That's that. That's not how it goes, people. Right. So um, that's the first thing. So mm. if, if you did like what you're doing now in a keto, I think you can do that and hold on to that. Right. Try to maybe make the techniques better. Maybe throw out a few that you don't think work that well. Maybe realize some only work more when someone's taking a very dedicated stab at you, not a grab you showing me seen stab, 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 which is much more common. Um, anyway, you could do that. And then at the end of class, let's get a little sweat going. So even older people, you can get a little sweat going. That's a thing missing too. It's like all the up down makes me tired in, in Aikido, sure. or, you know, going to Seiza and bowing all the time. Honestly, that makes me kind of tired, but Getting a little bit more of movement and aliveness would be a positive outcome as well as trying to functionalize so at least handle untrained people with some degree of confidence. Hmm. After that, I like a Sistema-like push-punch drill. Uh, If you've seen any videos like that where you stand in front of someone, and last night I did with three people, I've done with four people. You can make triangles. You can add some movement at the end. You just start with pushing. And if people didn't think this was for fighting, but just an Aki drill, I think that's a very positive thing that blends in well with Aikido, if that's all you got from it. Learning how to breathe and flow and move with starting with pushes with newer students. And even everyone, you start with a couple pushes for one or two minutes. And then you start going with all kinds of different strikes just to the body, hammer fist and karate chops and ox jaws and corkscrew punches to the stomach to break structure all that lead to higher level concepts later on you start doing that and then you can start moving around a little bit and then you add light punches to the face and and more advanced students can add in mouth guards and go a little harder you're learning how to roll and now we're not bringing up our hands necessarily and sparring but you're just standing there and again you're getting line familiarization you're getting psychologically okay to bare knuckle that's also important even mma guys should do that you see the Diaz brothers, Anderson Silva, that see them doing some of the kind of like street boxing 52 type work, Kali type work, and Yoel Romero in his recent fight doing some peekaboo 52, skull and crossbone stuff. Even them getting psychologically used to bare knuckles also important, even if it's not hard. No. Um, and then, then you also add in with higher students, not wrestling – and you're just standing in front of each other or eventually kind of building up and moving, 
if I can grab a shoulder or a head and just quickly take you down, not with muscular tension, but by a quick destabilization, a quick breaking structure, quick instinctive how do you say it? Takimusu Haku. That's the right thing, yeah. Um, so, take, Takemusu. Okay. Yes, that's it, yeah. Takemusu Okay, so if I just do something quick and instinctual, not becoming a wrestling match, but if mm-hmm. I grab an arm and just hyperextend an elbow really quick or just to stabilize someone and half throw them even to the ground, even if they don't go all the way, but I take their balance, these mm-hmm. are all important Aki concepts. Uh, and even in that 10-minute drill, you can do that. And higher-level students will get a lot out of it. And beginner-level students get used to seeing some punches, and they get used to breathing and not being scared and even taking punches to the stomach. Okay, I've taken a punch. Um, and eventually, you also learn how to hit deep to the body. And, and don't forget, uh, Ushiba said most of Aikido, 90% of Aikido is a temi. And right. then there's street fights and – their bar fights and stuff and the higher level students, they weren't above and so peaceful to not punch someone in the face. So we want to only palm strike someone if coming to that. We'd prefer to de-escalate with a Kodageishi and not hit somebody. But if we need to punch them once or twice to get their balance to grab their arm to manipulate them in some way, we're not above and beyond that. You shouldn't be above and beyond that. And some Aikido, they're so far out there from reality, they think they can handle street violence without that, let alone three guys attacking with pipes, knives, and guns. Like There's a whole reality out there that people seem to forget. And you have to find the right balance individually uh, in between. Right. um, the last one, I'm sorry, let yeah. me get the last yeah, one. Yeah, oh yeah, please do. That's, I so, want to so, Then we can talk about the three different drills if you have any input. Or, oh, I don't think so, or maybe, or something similar. And the uh-huh. last one, I think, and, and, and people will probably think it's controversial. Yeah. Like I said, I think you yourself, as the head of a new organization, you seem to like BJJ. Not that it's the beyond oh, yeah. all, and I'm a jiu-jitsu black belt. I think yeah. you should do a purple belt. I think you should dedicate yourself. You don't have to become a black belt. I think you should right. dedicate to getting a purple belt. Other instructors should get at least a blue belt in jujitsu or a black belt in judo. Um, but I think at the end of class, everyone should be doing three three-minute rounds of grappling. They don't mm-hmm. have to be the best grapplers in the world. You can right. show, if you want to, the instructor can show an armbar and a guillotine and a rear naked. It's up to you mm-hmm. if you think certain techniques should be part of a curriculum. Not that you have to do them at a purple-brown black belt level, mm-hmm. but should people at least know certain, I mean, it's all jujitsu, whether you call it a keto or Brazilian jujitsu or judo, it's all jujitsu. Uh, before that, it's all pancreas. All one human body of body. Um, but I think you should grapple from your feet if there's room. And then if you can pull off, whether it's a jujitsu outside leg trip takedown or a judo uchimata or whether it's kodagishi and nikyo or whatever technique to take somebody down, you right. might do a lot off the collar tie, a wrestling shoulder shrug to kodagishi. Um, you're, you're getting some of that, and not that necessarily your students have to change, oh, you're doing jujitsu now, you're a BJJ person now. But they don't need to grapple at a BJJ let's go compete level. They just have to grapple better than the guy that might attack them on the street. Right. They just need survival skills. Besides, you've, even older people can do three three-minute rounds of grappling, and they're getting some good cardio. Right. Yeah. If I'm turning 41, I also have lupus. I got a horrible disease, FLE lupus, autoimmune disease. If I at least do that still as I age, 
Um, you know, I'm not going to go world win any Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world championships as I get older, but I just, I just need to be able to defend myself and know the positions and maybe a few locks. Uh, and so that's my recommendations is how you can still do all the techniques you're doing now, if that's what you feel, or eliminate a few and still be doing Aikido, functionalize Aikido a little bit and add just a little bit of grappling, which, hey, guess what? I think Aikido is just part of grappling. Right. Yeah. It's all grappling. It's all jujitsu. That's my right. opinion. But yeah, Aikido is born from was born from jujitsu too. So yeah. and not the same that we see in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So what do you, you think th of those three kind of if if each of those are ten minutes at the end of class, so you're doing your techniques and you're building up a little bit of a start, a little bit of pressure. What do you think of those three kind of maybe ten minute sections at the end of class? It sounds really great. I really like your points. I really love your points. Like all the suggestions the drills uh, that's what i do feel is missing in aikido the aliveness the the pressure and just i, I love that you said about the including the visual lines or, or just familiarizing mapping it out i think it does need that because as you said in aikido when we train all those ridiculous straight punches leaving your hand just hanging out there uh you, as soon as somebody punches you in a realistic way it's so unfamiliar that as I trained some, some more BJJ, as I trained a bit of MMA, I, I could see those Kurageshis coming in. I could start to feel them, that they're there, but only after I was exposed to more realistic training. Beforehand, I knew how to break that wrist or how to wrist lock, but, but the gap was too big for anything realistic to happen. So basically, yeah, whatever you're saying sounds really, really good. I'm, I'm very much interested. And, and one, uh, one other point is, like, um, what about when you're getting more advanced and you want to do a little more pressure testing like I did the other day uh, versus different, that different punches drill doing a Remy? Um, what is a keto stance? What is our fighting stance? Mm -hmm. Now, I, I played with the idea long ago. I think you can still find videos on my page of portal mm -hmm. defense. And then I happen to see Lenny Fly's video the other day, and it's pretty similar. It's pretty similar. I think maybe you guys should say, okay, we're going to fight from this. To me, this is very ha, – has some principles in it about the triangle, about focus. Um, this has been, was my logo when I was 18, hmm. calling, uh, you know, focus dojo, focus martial arts. But yeah. even here, if you did this as a fight – instead of this as a fighting stance. Right you did this and Lenny Sly was doing like this if you did anything in between there psychologically it makes someone go well even that doesn't know how to fight they go oh I can't really come down the center right so I'll have to go around and if they go around it's easy to do an instinctual right. type of tan sao or spiral block or right. cover block or something like this um, so you could practice from uh, from portal defense or focus defense, if you will, or more like what Lenny Sly, I think, was doing. Any, anything like that kind of keeps it and maybe separate. And, and I, I wonder your thoughts on it. Keep it separate is something that's kind of more Aikido-like than necessarily, okay, we're trying to be too much MMA now. Right. As right. long as it's functional and somewhat works, it's okay. And even if you're trying to pull off more Aikido techniques and spar with a guy, right. uh, you know, if you threw that across, I can go into that walkie time. Now it's very hard to actually pull off a lot. But somewhat, it's going right there if he comes down straight. If he goes down 
uh, a little different angle, I can do the, the deflections and the salutes. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what do you think about what is yeah. a fake dance? Yeah, and you can me. do the palm strikes like Kobo was doing in your video right. as well. If you wanted to not punch with a closed fist. I still think Aikido should have uh, uh, vertical straight punches. I think you should practice vertical straight punches a lot. And maybe a one, two with palm strikes. And maybe a two, three with palm strikes. Like in uh, Kobo's uh, very good video he had right. on your Right. Uh, I really love the idea, especially because why a lot of Aikido people are against the, the kind of MMA stance or boxing stance is because it does not to, not necessarily that I agree 100%, but I can see their point that it does seem kind of aggressive. You know, that means I'm ready to fight and this is kind of a, uh, let me say, um, it's like a preemptive fight clue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, I go into that. Okay. We're going to fight now. Right. Exactly. And this is kind of what Aikido is technically avoiding uh, to, to come, come across with that message. But the lower hands, uh, keeping the hands uh, on the bottom is just doesn't make sense. It's too dangerous as far as I can see. Yeah, maybe you learn to respond fast, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be prepared. But what you're saying in terms of keeping those hands out, whether it's a, it's a triangle or, or somewhere in between, that, doesn't, that does feel more like, okay, let's, let's stop this. But right. if you don't fight, I'm ready. So I'm not. And it's not different from a combative fence concept. So this is right. a thing. Hey, dude, I practice this all the time. Hey, man, back away. I don't want any trouble. Back away. And if you suddenly get into a more stance, you get more scared. It's really going to be a fight. If you came up to this, whoa, dude, back away. And you're in a obvious martial art. Dude, I don't want any trouble. Stay away. Right. Psychologically, the guy's going to be like, hey, man, what are you doing? But he's not actually going to throw. Right, right. It's not. There's no free French. It de-escalates because psychologically, uh, inbred in our nervous system, um, yeah, thousands of years of evolution, they know they don't get a sucker punch. You then, if you back one foot up and you make a fence, so that de-escalates things ninety percent of the time. Anyway, in my real world experience, because right. it never gave the guy the opportunity. Because people are cowards, and right. when they they want to attack first, and they want to they want to land that sucker punch. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you do this, they're not going to. And then if they really fight, at least your hands are up and able to defend. So right. I think any martial arts important to. Uh, I preach this all the time. You should mm -hmm. be practicing from neutral stance. Your everyday walking grocery store. Your with your hands down because that's where attacks happen. Mm -hmm. You should be practicing when someone confronts you in a fence, like combatives. People teach crowd maga, etc. So forth. I teach. Or from portal defense or focus defense. And if that's your fighting stance too, that's great. Or it's fence. And then whether your fighting stance is this or this or this, um, you should be, be training them all or, or something right. similar. Right. Well, one more thing you mentioned in the beginning, because this is such a great topic, all these pointers you have. You mentioned about technical directors, and you said you will come back to that later on. Yeah. Can, can you say more about that? I think you found some great people already. Mm. Um, I'm not the best Akidoka in the world. I <laughs> added into what else I do. So I think that's why my perspective is kind of good. But I also even say to other people, it's like, well, you, I, to me, I'm not a straight Aikido guy. It's kind yes. of the extra spice I like to throw on top. Right. Right. Same thing with Wing Chun and Kali. And even the more in depth, I'm definitely more in depth with Russian martial arts, Sistema and movements. And mm. people don't believe that, but they haven't felt the high level person. Mm. I can do a lot of stuff that other people can, even in the grappling mm. and MMA worlds, because mm. I can move in that way. But anyway, it's, 
I, I'm not strictly an Aikido guy. But you have other people that are. You found some good people. I think I should be a technical director. As far as like some of the entries or reading me off of certain strikes and counters off of certain strikes that are at least mm. somewhat practical, nice. that you can build a, a pressure to and maybe be able to pull off against someone untrained, which is what mm. most people need. At the very high level, can some of us maybe occasionally pull something off against a professional? Yeah, maybe. But it takes a very high level mm. person to do that. Right. Um, but you found Kobos. I think Kobos, and just talking once, he seemed like a nice, level-headed person. Right. Um, he really cares about making uh, Aikido what it should be and practical and functional. Right. But he has the alive background in kickboxing, MMA, jiu-jitsu. He's fought at least the amateur level that I know of and smoker yeah. kickboxing fights. The guy, obviously, in the you could kind of tell in the first video, but in the second video, you can tell the guy can move. The guy has balance. The guy has timing, Arimi. Not everyone has that, and that's what you have to aspire to. Um, I think him and me are very similar and could be very good technical directors. I also mm -hmm. think that you've connected with Roy Dean. Yeah. A little more of a mellow guy, but a guy with a black belt in jiu-jitsu, mm -hmm. a guy that can kind of direct you in both the Aikido techniques and what might work, what doesn't work, what – hey, maybe work, and oh, yeah, here's if we're going to add live grappling at the end of your sessions, which I think you should, and other, that's going to be controversial. Um, but, you know, nothing says you can't pull off an Aikido technique. Even on the ground, I have how to yeah. defend a guillotine and uh, defend a guillotine with a Nikio-type lock, how to do a two-on-one rear naked mm -hmm. choke defense and twist the arm again mm -hmm. in your defense. I add Aikido into my jiu-jitsu or grappling. Right. Um, so you got Roy Dean. And then also I think you've connected with Lenny Sly. I finally watched, I didn't know um, the video, uh, one of your videos I missed. We yeah. worked with him back in October maybe. Yeah. And he was coaching you over. That was a very good video. And yeah. um, you see he kind of toned it down. As I don't always care, Lenny, no offense. I don't always care for his personality, which is what people right. give me flack on. Online I'm kind of more personality like him. Okay. In person I'm not. Uh, but, um, you know, the guy, the guy has a lot to offer. Um, I don't agree with all of his stuff, but a lot of what I do similar, whether I'm doing this and he's doing this, it's very similar. Uh, in one of my videos, just training with my student, I did his defense, which you can find in like my John Wick video, like street jujitsu. I do a bong saw salute, one, one arm, two jab cross defense. I did that before I ever saw his video. It was just, you know, doing two deflections, one arm versus a jab cross. Mm. Um, again, though, I don't like some of his, the, his students throw the lunge punch attack, which right arm, right foot steps. Yeah. I think all, and Kali and Sila, it bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, like, that's so bad um you need to throw that stuff away but there's four you've hooked up with four guys that can really um you know and, and unfortunately in organizations people have spats or egos and who knows if i would last but those are four guys that you've reached out to that can really help a certain path and if you go okay here's where we want to go and here's how we think we might get there and here's how other organizations and other Aikido clubs can kind of join in, whether it's official or it's just kind of like, hey, here's a, some techniques to try out and here's maybe how you should train. And 
Uh, maybe you like my ideas. Okay, we're doing basically in a keto class, but we're adding 10 minutes of this and 10 minutes of this and 10 minutes of this at the end. A little bit of aliveness, a little bit of pressure. We're not turning into MMA fighters, but we're we're definitely going above and beyond what is currently the system, especially since the 70s and hippies and flower power and let's flowerize everything and no right. spiritual enlightenment. Not that anything's wrong with trying to have Aki and connection in the world, literal rooting connection to the earth and connection to other people. I mean, it's not that different from some of my invisible jujitsu videos or Hicks and Gracie speaking at seminars about invisible jujitsu and connection. Mm. Um, you know, and you'll find the Tai Chi and Bagua guys. Are they doing something so different? I mean, as I age, I always knew I might get more internal, but I think to functionalize that, you need a bit of a background in that. And even for yourself, I think you need to do more jiu-jitsu. I think you should do some, maybe a little bit of like MMA or Muay Thai or boxing, but I think maybe you should, if you can find some Shotokan by you, I think that'd be a really good blend. Mm -hmm. um, just footwork-wise and, 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 and getting in and out and um, right. still kind of the one strike, one thing that's more like the Atemi you want. In Aikido, you don't want to sit and box with someone, but you might want that arena timing to enter with one vertical punch. If you saw my arm, it take one, it's really hard to pull off. But if I parry-parry or parry-parry or hook-hook or whatever I do or one kind of more Lenny Sly thing, to, to get my entry on a vertical punch but then do that arm fold take down, um, you know, learning that timing I think is helpful without having to say, okay, now I'm a boxer. Right, yeah, yeah. Nice. Very cool. So, yeah. I think what do you think about adding technical directors? What do you think about maybe trying to, okay, we're going to input and collaborate with... So that's kind of what I envision. Uh, there's, uh, I love Steve Jobs, and Steve Jobs once said, uh, with all his flaws, with everything, but he said, he has a famous quote from him, great artist steal. And I mean, steal is a bit of a heavy word, but, but the way I understand it is I don't want to try to invent the bicycle again you know I, I don't i'm not the best guy to offer these things which other people develop so in my vision that's that's why i love reaching out for example right now talking to you and just reaching out to other people because there's some people who can really bring solutions and if i can if i can look at if i can work with them and and they could offer something i don't want to be the the main center guy it's just the way it happened on this certain topic but i want the best people for certain topics to give the solutions rather than for me to try to invent something out of nowhere. So, so that direction, that direction really sounds, sounds great to include other people who could tackle and offer solutions to specific questions, which, which they're great at. So yeah, that sounds like the best, the best plan. Cool. Um, I think that, I think these are some ideas and, you know, maybe try to head things in the right direction. I mean, again, Aikido is more helpful to people that obviously have job requirements that they, they're they work in EMS, they work in a hospital, they work in a mental hospital, they're an orderly, they're a security guard, they're law enforcement. You should do some judo and jujitsu too. You should know some wrestling. I'm not against wrestling. I'm not against boxing, but um, you know, it's a good ancillary thing even for all martial artists to uh, kind of add in. Um, even my own style, I, I kind of have come up with my own styles. And realistically, I've trained 31 years. I fought pro. I've bounced. I, mm. I, you know, I got four black belts. 
and a brown belt and Russian martial arts experience as well. I, I, I call myself karate go jujitsu. Empty hand, hard and soft style. And while most of it looks like a blend and inspiring, a blend of like Kyokushin, Judo, and Jiu-Jitsu put together, I also teach the punch deflections. You see some of my technique videos now versus punches, um, kind of Aikido-like stuff, and even at some of a Judo and Sambo-type techniques. But it, it's kind of entries with the deflections off the of punches. Mm. That's part of my style. So I teach karate, go jiu-jitsu. I teach catch jiu-jitsu, a mixture of catch wrestling and Brazilian jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu put together with some judo and sambo flavor thrown in. So catch jiu-jitsu, karate, go jiu-jitsu, and I also teach kind of the Russian martial arts mixed with harder fence concepts, combatives, preemptive striking, more military type stuff. So I just wanted to get that out there, a little bit of what I kind of like to offer. Um, and the karate, go jiu-jitsu, like – we can spar lightly with MMA gloves on, but we also spar to the body harder um, and go through a live ranges of combat to the STG, striking, throwing, grappling method. So I just wanted to get some of my theories out sure. there. But, yeah, everyone doesn't have to be a professional MMA fighter. But if you're doing martial arts, it's martial, and you should at least be somewhat capable of defending yourself against just an aggressive person that has something – more fighting experience, street fighting experience than you. The guy on the bar, the kids on the street. Yeah. And that's just talking one-on-one. -on -one. And if you can't fight in all ranges of combat comfortably one-on-one, -on -one, outside kicking punches, inside boxing, inside clinching with punches, kicks and knees, dirty boxing and wrestling with clinch and Muay Thai clinch and on the ground, if you can't do that well one-on-one, -on -one, forget about the dreams of fighting three-on-one. -on -one. I've done it. Yeah. Forget about fighting one guy with a crazy old lady with uh, um, uh, that can't think right anymore with a knife. He's deadly. Don't think about fighting a person with a knife and multiple opponents. Can you do it? I've done it. Yeah, but you have to be able to fight one guy in all ranges of combat first. So I want pe people to not have a false sense of security in sure. the keto either. A lot of people. Right. So just. To Quick few last questions, and then then uh, I think we can wrap up for this time. So just to double check, in terms of technical direct directors, could you just say a couple more words and how you would see it technically that working? Would you, do you feel like uh, that I should just ask them to contribute their take or or make it like a big whole collaboration uh, where every, everyone supervises everything? It's just maybe you can share a couple more words in, in terms of your vision. How do you See, how, how do you feel it's best to include those technical directors in, in the whole organization thing? Well, um, in the keto world, I think you've trained a very long time yourself. Yeah. But then I think for the keto techniques and stuff, you should reach out to people like Lenny Sly and, and, and Roy Dean. And which techniques do you think need adaptation? Which ones are totally no good? Should we totally abandoned, which yeah. ones need a little bit of tweaking? How do we make certain techniques a little bit better? That's mm. stuff that I can't answer. That's mm. stuff you should get from them. Right. Um, I think uh, me and Lenny Sly have done a lot, and, and now Kobos as well, a bit, yeah. 
about against actual punches, but also against kicks. I have some interesting defenses and counters to kicks. If you look mm-hmm. at my Sistema versus like low kicks and Sistema versus high kicks, there's some interesting stuff in there. Certain ones of those should maybe mm-hmm. be part of the curriculum. Certain counters against a jab. I do three, four different counters against a jab, against a cross. I have one I haven't filmed yet using kind of more of a hook defense to a knee strike mm-hmm. um, against a jab cross, but that off, often can – can turn in a katanagi so we go back into a traditional aikido technique with a non-traditional entry or a remi setup mm-hmm. um which i haven't gotten a chance to film yet there's some against the jab to a remi nagi to a kind of modified a remi nagi where you push the arm farther and now you got his back and you kind of breaking structure more russian or system or some combat sambo style mm-hmm break his structure with his face then when you push him in that relationship. And you can go right into a short choke and neck crank and, and different stuff there. So there's certain like um, uh, strike counter stuff that I think uh, me and Lenny Sly and Kobos to an extent. I don't think Roy Dean's really done that because he's just going to fall on his back on his jujitsu. I think Roy Dean's more like, well, I'm going to keep outside and I might deflect a little bit out here and then I'm going to concentrate to a typical jujitsu thing. Why? Because we know that works. It works really well against untrained people. Yeah. You know, just burying your head, weaving into a, uh, a tight waist, and doing an outside leg trip. You know that works. And you got to decide if you want to include some of that stuff as well or not, which yeah. you can discuss with someone like Roy Dean and Kobos want. Sure. Um, so I think that's how you kind of say, hey, come up with your three, four best counters to a wall. Your three, right. four best counters to a cross, to a front kick, to a low round kick. Um, to a grab and they immediately go to punch. You can even meet, see me in my early combat jujitsu videos on uh, eHow Expert Village. My original videos I ever filmed back in like 2000. The whole like standing uh, grab defense where most of the stuff I'm doing might be an entry with a punch or a thumb in the eye, but I'm doing very acute across two different grabs. Um, so I think that's how you, you kind of go about it. And then if you want to, like, really syllabus it at some point, that's, that's up to you. Sorry, my dog is going crazy. <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> so uh, last two questions. Hopefully they're quick. Uh, one thing, uh, we could do this off the record, but maybe I can do it on the record too. Uh, the things you suggested, like the striking counters or some kick counters, uh, some of the drills you would suggest to do at the end, uh, would you be, and if, 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 if something is off, just we can cut this part out, so don't worry. Okay. But uh, if you would... your cornflakes, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if you, would you be open to maybe somewhere in the future to film examples of those drills so I could present them to, to people and also see them myself? Uh, do you think we could maybe do such a collaboration in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to, uh, you know, I have that one guy I got very lucky uh, in the video to, uh, the other day. I want to actually live spar him MMA and see if I can pull off some of these entries off punches and maybe off of some low kicks or front kicks as well. Um, I might get lucky tonight. I realized I'm coughing a lot. My cardio is bad. It's been like almost a month. I, I seem to have a lung infection right now. Wow. But um you know, it's finding the right okay, the right guy who can throw with re, somewhat real intent, sure. but isn't such a beginner that if I take him down or slam him hard instinctively with something, he's not going to put his leg in a bad spot and hurt himself. And that's what people, you know, the YouTube experts like critique. It's hard to find 
people that can both attack with an aliveness, but they're soft enough that they don't get hurt when you do something at more alive full speed. Um, So I hope I can get lucky with that. I I have some videos on the push drills and punch drills. I I forgot my camera last night. I filmed like three-way with two guys my size last night, and I wish I would have had the camera last night. I just happened to leave it at home. Um, so I'll try, I'll try, I'll try and then get that in. Cause when you add one, one on one versus three way versus four way, it becomes really interesting. You're using your shoulders to defend. You got, you don't know who's going to kick it. You're growing, you know, you got to defend that. So, um, you know, I'm all about that. And you know, that I think you send the same question out and, and see how similar and slightly different send it out to the other guys as well. Right. Let's get Kobos to try and do the same thing. Let's get Lenny Slide. Like, hey, would you right. do you find that drill somewhat helpful or not at all? Right. Um, you, are you would you possibly do something like that? Because I, I put it on the Aikido Reddit forum, and a lot of guys are very against it. But other people are like, well, yeah, you know, that's not really part of the curriculum. But our sensei always has us do that after class sometimes, right. or has us do something like that—that that push punch drill. You know, I've heard from other Akidokas, they're like, yeah, they're, they're kind of into that stuff. And, you know, they do a little bit of that, too. It's just too bad it's not part of, oh, this is okay. You're allowed to do that. It's taboo. Right. Yeah. Um, but, no, yeah, I'll try and do that. Nice. Thanks. Because I definitely feel the boundaries need to expand. And and those who wanted one of the last videos I made, I, I kind of I tried to state clearly my, my perception that if somebody wants to keep it classical, Call it classical Aikido, but if we want Aikido to evolve, we need to allow ourselves to expand. So, so. Mm-hmm. yeah, but, and if you liked it, if you like my video versus the punches the other day, I hope you liked it, and maybe we can yeah. get that on the channel. Yeah, actually, it should be actually by the time this video is released, as long as you're good about that, it should be already out there. So, oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah, I hope to do it again. I hope to do it versus kicks, and I hope to maybe. It's really hard, even on my level, to pull it off in live MMA sparring, but I'm going to try as opposed to entering on typical takedowns. I'm going to see if I can, you know, while striking back at someone, can I occasionally do a deflection to get to any kind of entry on anything, Um, you know, where it's not necessarily the perfect technique, but it it turns into something else, which is if breaking structure and balance. Cool. Well, and the very last question on the record, and then when you finish up, I'll just ask something extra. But um, so for people who are inspired about what you specifically do, uh, can you say a few words about where they can find more info about you or how to connect with you and et cetera? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, uh, my YouTube channel, guys, is catchjitsu.com. So like catch wrestling and jujitsu. So catch style, catchjitsu.com. There we go. Yeah. So all one word, catchitsu.com. That will also take you to my website, though I use other domain names as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Thecombatsystem.com, catchitsu.com, or focusdojomma.com. Um, and my other style, more traditional-like, but trying to blend things together so it's practical for people without necessarily having to be full MMA. Mm-hmm. So housewives and lawyers can still train through different ranges of combat with some actual hitting, with some aliveness, without necessarily having tons of black eyes. Mm-hmm. It is karate go jiu-jitsu. So, uh, you know, hopefully go to my website, see my class. I have a lot of videos that I think people will find interesting, whether that's my MMA sparring 30 top pro fighters, or that's my jiu-jitsu video I put together, which shows a lot of kind of interesting techniques, or, you know, 
my my new Steven Seagal, I kind of do that as a joke. I'm a Gene LaBelle. Sure. Black belt. But one of my cousins is a uh, early black belt in the 80s from Steven Seagal, and he's on a few squat teams and a, a sniper. So, you know, he thinks it works, and he teaches other law enforcement agencies his kind of rougher style of, of Akira. And um, so, uh, anyway, guys, yeah, you can find me there and reach out to me, and, and hopefully you guys like some of this stuff. Nice, cool. Well, I'll make sure to include the links as the video ends. There will be, you know, pictures and they lead to the videos. Well, I'll just put it out everywhere. So, and also in the description, I think people definitely have to connect with you. Need to connect, and I think you will. So that's cool. Thank you. Maybe well, I can get with you someday. Get out, get some money. I can get with you someday. Your Patreon, whatever. Maybe. I, yeah. I, like me and Kobos will hit it off really well. I'm not sure if me and Lenny Sly, one of us, is going to end up dead or we're going to. <laughs> Like Lenny, I actually think he's a good guy. I think he's, I think he's lucky. He talked about it uh, on that podcast. He, I think he's lucky that he has a, a wife that kind of stabilizes him. Right. Yeah. 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 Hopefully that relationship. Uh, he sounds like he's got a good relationship. Lucky guy. I'm single. Um, yeah. You know, I wonder if some of us really collaborated face to face. What it would yeah. look like if, or if uh, there's dead bodies on the ground, or if we're best <laughs> friends and hate each other, and there's a big rift in the community at some right, point. Right. It'll always be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm actually at the back of my mind, uh, even while, while talking with you, I have this vision of just collecting enough finances because, I mean, if I could, if I would be in the States, I would go straight away to, to, to all of you. But uh, right now I'm just at the other side of the continent of the ocean. But, but I am looking into getting the finances, getting enough support, and that I want to go directly and, like meeting you and training with you. That would be like awesome. So... So yeah, if, as soon as that there's a chance for that, I'm sure I'll do it. So that's cool. But anyway, so uh, to make sure that the video is not like hundreds of hours, so I think this is a great place to stop. If somebody uh, who's watching this has some comments or extra questions or feel that they would like another talk for us to do another talk, maybe let us know. Maybe we can look into it, touch some other subjects. But so far, it was really great talking to you. And, and yeah, I think... I think Daniel, we just lost Daniel. So thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you connect with Daniel. And thank you very much uh, to you for, for this video. I think a lot of people will benefit from it. And yeah, let's, let's keep this going. So we'll stop here.